what's going on on the uh, the text line. Okay, text line. Uh, we had a couple of mentions about the um, effects on mental health of oh, lockdowns yeah, wow. mm. in our um, in our news stories this morning. Of course, Etienne McClintock was here with Voice of the Martyrs, and they've got their um, their digital church that is happening. You can go to the Voice of the Martyrs and you can go to their digital church right there. They also have a free book for you, an ebook there that you can get during lockdown. Yeah. So um, head over there and check that out. But uh, yeah, text messages interesting that the World Health Organization knows the consequences of lockdowns and the effects on the health of humanity, mentally, physically, and emotionally, and still do it in the name of health. Oof. You can fool most people, most people, most of the time, but not all people all of the time. And this is what you know. This is this is the question that I've been asking. What's the balance between uh, mental health, the cost of mental health compared to the cost of COVID? Mm. I've been asking that question right. all along, and it's a question that we're not going to have the answer for for probably another 10 years mm. because it's going to that take that long to actually do this research and actually find out. Mm. But it's a question that needs to be asked. I, there was... You know, uh, the New South Wales Police Force on uh, Facebook over the weekend kind of announced their expanded COVID plan as, you know, the whole state goes into lockdown. They're like, oh, we're now going from 200 to 700, you know, ADF members in the public. We're, you know, rerouting thousands of um, highway patrol cars onto, you know, COVID watch and like all this stuff. And just the out cry that was in the comments of that Facebook post and like the bad reactions. And, and it was kind of like harrowing and, and heartbreaking reading some of the things that people said, like, you know, I haven't had income for like five weeks. I've got to support my kids and my family. Like it's a really, really heavy situation. Mm. So I think it's, it's ultimately it's, you know, because the balances need to, to be struck That's right. and it's something that needs to be paid close attention to. Whereas I think, uh, you know, what we're kind of observing right now in Australia is just, just all over the place at the moment. We're just very reactionary rather than proactive. So, yeah. Anyway, the uh, Christian MP in Finland that we were talking about who is facing six years jail for yeah. uh, communicating the Bible, she says, uh, uh, sorry, this person says, I have always wondered what the Bible meant that in the last days you'll seek the word of God throughout the world and you will not find it. Mm. Soon the word will be or the Bible will be outlawed or watered down so much that it will be unrecognisable. It's happening all around us. The trap is set. We are the mice in the water that is slowly boiling. I think that's supposed to be the frog, but whatever. (laughs) Uh, God help us. Um, I'm so glad he is in charge of the affairs of the world. And then we have the earthquake in Haiti. The magnitude of natural disasters is increasing daily. Soon the world will blame commandment keepers um, for uh, commandment keepers for them. Uh, The Lord is coming. Uh, then we've got uh, Nigeria. Sometimes I wonder how we. Uh, let me go back there. Sometimes <laughs> I wonder how we cope under the same circumstances as as the Christians there. Mm. So I wonder how we would cope yes. under the same circumstances as the Christians there. The numbers we have just been given are mind blowing. Mm. Can we really call ourselves true Christians? It's an interesting thought. Do we really know whether we're Christians or not? We'd certainly know if we were living in Nigeria, wouldn't we? May yeah, God give us right. the strength we will need in the f- in the near future. Uh, Voice of the Martyrs has a great calendar which I have, which allows me to pray for the suffering of our persecuted brethren worldwide. God bless Voice of the Martyrs ministry. They have helped me in my Christian walk, and I'm sure millions of others. Mm. Now, Voice of the Martyrs has fantastic 
resources, great projects that they're doing. As we, you know, as we talk to Etienne about all the time, but yeah, heavy, heavy stuff, man. I Haiti is a gnarly place. Haiti is. Haiti is like, like they are just getting smashed in every way. Yes, like in every time period that they've existed. So, dude, yikes. It's one of those countries in the world that is not on my, it's not high on my to visit list. You know, I want to go there. If God calls me, I will go. <laughs> but apart from that, it's like not high on my list. I want to go. High on Lawson's list. I want to. I want to meet the Adventist pastor who got kidnapped. I think there's a couple of them. Yeah. Well, I want to I meet. Mean, them. Gang warfare is just off. It's going going nuts over there. But anyway. Mm. Um, somebody texting through here, how can you balance a lie? And I think that was in relationship to what we were talking about, balancing mental health versus COVID. Mm. And, well, yeah, I don't think COVID is a lie. COVID is a real disease. Yeah. And COVID kills people, no question about that. Mm. Having said that, mental health is a real disease and mental health kills people as well. Yeah, that's right. So that's the point. Mm. Uh, which one is the worst, which one is the bigger killer, and how do you balance the two? That's what we're talking about, mm. getting the two in their correct balance. I think the real question... Is- See, I don't want to catch COVID. Yeah, neither do I. I'm not scared of it. Yeah. Yeah, my demographic, I'm not going to die from it, but I don't yeah. want to catch it. I Like, for me, like, and, and you know, I, I get it with university church, right? Yeah. And, like, with university students, like, we are the safest demographic. Like, we're, we're chilling. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, oh... It's such a difficult problem to deal with because I think the the real question is like if you do nothing about it, what happens? And that's like yeah. yeah. I mean, I ha- I've got a bunch of friends, like quite a lot of friends that have had COVID. Yeah, it's a nasty bug. Yeah, yeah. I really don't want to catch it. Mm. You know, it's a really nasty bug. Yeah, that's right. Let's just move to the bush. Yes. Let's just, yes. you know what? You know, Absolutely. I, let's do that. Like let's just do that. exploring my property. Uh-huh. Let's go and buy going a, a let's, let's put Faith FM Breakfast Show somewhere on a 300,000-acre property in the outback. Yeah. Let's just build a massive satellite. Uh-huh. Like if we get satellite yes. NBN out there, I'm, I'm G. And, and, and then we're net. Okay. All right. We've been told we need to get back to our Bible study. <laughs> Shell's producer, crushing producer our dreams. Producer Shell, the boss, is like, get back on subject. You are, you guys are wondering. Well, there's all those When it comes like, to talking about moving to the country, though, and living out in the bush, I'm easily sidetracked. But not even living out in the bush. I've talked previously about those kind of those work havens where it's like, you know, an archipelago or an island that has internet that's, like, perfect for remote workers. Like, I wonder whether they have COVID in the Falklands. Does anyone live in the Falklands? Yeah, about 2,000 people live there. Yeah, okay. Well, let's... <laughs> Dude, as long as I've got MBN in the Falklands, then we're good. We're good to go. As long as we have an internet connection, we can have Faith FM. Absolutely. So let's just find the most remote... Well, And especially like with the whole Elon Musk... Like, what about Wallace and Fortuna? We could move to that country. Well, where's that? I have no idea where that is. That's a country. Wallace and... Fortuna. Where's that? It's uh, in the South Pacific. It's a whole country. It's a... There's a whole country in the South Pacific that you've never even heard of. Is this a prank? No. There's a whole country. All right. Lawson is... 
Wallace, your, your geography. Wallace needs, and you need to have our geography in lesson. the South Pacific. Yes, look it up on Wikipedia. Educate yourself. Wait, wait, where's it near? It's an entire nation. Where? It's somewhere between New Cal and Tahiti. Okay. I think. Oh, I moved to Tahiti. No, lots of people in Tahiti. Okay. It's a big country. So we want to go to the other place. What's the other place called? Wallace, Wallace and Fortuna. Wallace and Fortuna. Yeah. Does anyone live there? Yes. How many people live there? I think about 15,000. Okay. That's a sizable population. Yeah. It's like a small town. Uh-huh. Dude, where, what are we doing? There's so many here? places we... Yeah. Nah, just we kidding. Newcastle's the best, but right, now we have lockdown. Bible and I hate it. Anyway, yeah. Bible studies from Mark. <laughs> All right. Bible studies from Mark. Mark okay. chapter 2. And we're going to go to Mark chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 1 to 4, which is a bit of a story here about disease. And we're going to talk about rest from disease as oh, we wow. go through our subject for today. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Go for it, Lawson. Um, so t- chapter 2 and verse, which verse? 1 to 4. 1 to 4. The Bible says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum uh, several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors, there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Okay, so this is the story of the paralytic man. It's a pretty wild story. Mm. I don't know if you've ever been sort of at home with a big crowd of people and somebody's been struggling to get into their home so they've come and ripped the roof off. I've never experienced that, no. That's amazing. Have, have you experienced that? No, that's two of us. Yeah. It's just never happened to us. But it's happened to to these people. Okay, so somebody's texting through to say that uh, in the seven last plagues, islands are going to disappear. Oh. So maybe Wallace and Fortuna of the Falklands might not be such a fantastic idea. Just go for a swim. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. I will counteract that verse with my verse that if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you will hide under the shadow of the Almighty and Amen. no plague shall come near your dwelling place. That's right. Yes. Okay, um, but getting back to our subject right here, you've got this situation where the paralyzed man is brought to Jesus and they actually rip the roof off to get him in because mm. they, they can't find a way in because the crowd is thick. And if you look at the, if you go to Capernaum today and you look at the ruins of Capernaum, you can see that the streets of Capernaum were about the width of our studio. Mm. So to walk down the streets, you could almost touch both sides of the street with your outstretched hands if you were a large person. Mm. And so you can imagine if Jesus is preaching in one of these homes that, you know, he could sit in the doorway, he could sit in the window, the home could be full of people, and he could preach to a very, very large group of people that would be right up and down the street. And if you came to the end of that street and you're carrying, you've got four people who are carrying a person, Mm then how are you going to get that person past all of those people that are sitting there listening? It would be very rude to start treading on them, trampling on them, dragging this body across their heads. You know, as polite human beings, we don't do that kind of thing. Mm. 
And so as polite human beings, they do something different. They climb up onto the roof. And, of course, if once again, if you go to Capernaum, you're going to find that you know most of the houses were kind of connected to each other. Yeah. It was a very efficient way of building because you use a wall that is already in place and just build against that, and that way you only have to build three walls rather than four. And uh, also whenever you know somebody in your home, one of your children married, they would add another three walls to your house and move into that with their wife and so forth. And that was kind of how villages were back in the day. And so you can imagine that it's like, okay, we can get up onto the roofs right here and just cross from one roof to the next to the next and then you just lift up the tiles and pass them down. Problem solved. We don't have to stand on anybody. We don't have to get people upset. This is a very easy thing to do. And it kind of makes sense when you look at it from that perspective, mm. particularly when you know you can lift the roof up and put it back down very, very easily. Yeah, well. Uh, not like... Well, some of our roofs come off pretty easy. A metal roof comes off pretty pretty easily. Mm. But even still, I think if somebody got out with the battery drill and started pulling out drilling <laughs> screws, we might be just a tad bit concerned, particularly because, well, we have insulation and plaster and attics and ceilings and yeah, all kinds of right. stuff that you know they weren't, didn't have to worry about back mm. in the day. And so, yeah, this guy, he gets lowered down in the middle of the room right there for Jesus to heal him. And, of course, there's a lot of people there that are thinking, well, he is ill as a result of his sin. Mm, that's right. And there are a lot of and, – and, and this is, you know, and, and so then, all right, if he is ill because of his sin, if his sin, if his illness is a judgment from God because of his sin, then should Jesus heal him? Ooh. Now, he also knows, as we're going to find out as we work our way through the passage, he also knows and is a great sinner. Mm. He has sinned, and these are not just small sins. They are major sins that have and are plaguing his conscience because we're going to find out that that's where Jesus begins. Jesus doesn't even heal the guy to begin with. He's just like forgives his sins. Yeah, wow. And for the guy... He was happy with that. Mm. He'd be satisfied. Okay, pull me back up, take me home. I'll be a paralytic for the rest of my life, but my sins are forgiven. Mm. He would have been satisfied with that. Yeah, wow. So clearly this guy is a, he's got a long list, longer than average, but he's also under incredibly deep conviction. So he's not one of these guys that has a long list of sins and has no conscience and just keeps out going being a complete psychopath. Mm. He is repentant and remorseful for his sins. So the question is this. The question is this. Did his sins cause his disease? When you are sin, when you go and sin, does it make you sick? Um, I th- Do moral actions affect your physical being? I, I think the answer is like yes and no. Because you can, you can, okay, so you can do a, a poor moral action that will very directly um, affect your health. You know, you can go and like, you know, uh, take a bunch of drugs and immediately, like, and that can be either for moral reasons or the, then there's immoral reasons. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We're talking about recreational drugs, which is yeah, immoral yeah. reasons for taking drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can immorally consume, like, illicit substances and have your physical being immediately affected negatively. But I guess the real question is, like... And long-term. And long-term, yeah. Yes. For sure. But I think the, whether, the real heart of the question is, like, is does God... Um, 
like supernaturally, um, you know, hurt you, so to speak, or cause you ailments when you sin? Or is there some kind of supernatural power that cause you, causes you an ailment when you tell a lie? Or maybe it's more of a natural thing where there's like a physiological connection between doing something immoral and your health being affected in a negative way. I think there's, I think there is uh, correct answers to, I think there is yes answers to all of these questions mm. and no answers as well. Yeah, that's right. So if, if I break the laws of health, mm. then I'm going to get ill. It's that, it's a very uh, simple equation, mm. right? The Bible, the Bible outlines, outlines eight laws of health. And if you break those eight laws of health, you're going to get sick. That is a physical reaction to mm. breaking the physical laws that God has given to us. Mm-hmm. Then if I do something that is immoral, like take recreational drugs. That's also breaking the, the eight laws of health. Eight laws of health. Okay, if I do something immoral by having unsafe sex. Well, that's probably breaking the laws of health too, right? Not in the same way. Mm. Yeah, okay, it's, it's breaking the eighth law of health, which is trust in God. Uh, but but like, then if you have, you, you can, you may or you may not come down with an STI. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you do come down with an STI, that is a direct result of breaking the moral laws of God, the Ten Commandments. But I think where this question is really kind of at its most, um, you know, in in relationship to this guy here, particularly as paralytic, like in its most clear, is like if I tell enough lies, will I become paralyzed? Yes, this is an interesting question. Let me let me give you another example. So I've got a friend who has a severe disability. Mm. Uh, the severe disability comes about as a result of a disease that came on him later in life. Mm. He was somebody who grew up in a Christian home, who left God, lived a very immoral life, and as a result of this debilitating disease, came back to God wow. and has dedicated his entire life to serving God as a result of that. Mm. And if I ask him about it, he will definitely say, if it wasn't for this debilitating disability that I have, I wouldn't be a follower of God. Mm. So this is where I see that we can never judge. Yes, that's right. But yes, there are some times that people are afflicted with disease because God sees that that is his means of saving them. Mm. And with the paralytic man right here, He's been a sick, aff- afflicted with a disability, a terrible disability, a disease, and uh, he has. We know that he's a, he's done some terrible, terrible sins. Uh, and maybe he would not have come to God. Maybe he would still be out there just as sinning as hard as he could, if it wasn't for this particular disease. Maybe this disease did come from God. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I think nothing brings you back to needing help quicker than when you're debilitated, in a physical sense, but also in a spiritual sense. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. A number of text messages coming through right here. We had, um, we had Raphael who said that uh, it might not be a good idea for us to move Faith FM Breakfast Show to an island somewhere where there's uh, no COVID and all that kind of stuff because in the last seven last plagues, the islands will disappear. Mm. And then we have, let me see here, Braden who has texted in to point out that Australia is an island. 
Oh, uh, <laughs> problem also, not solved. We're also problem a continent, solved. though. Uh, I think the I, I still think the only safe place in Last Plague is under the shadow of the Almighty. Then we have. Uh, <laughs> then we've got uh, Chris, who's um, actually focused on the Bible study, which is a good thing. Um, not sidetracked like us. Uh, and he says that guilt can cause psychosomatic effects. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I would. I would go as far as saying it's impossible to have guilt and not have psychosomatic effects. Mm. Now they might not be debilitating. They might not even be noticeable to you know to you or to a health expert. But they are there and they exist. Mm. You can't have. You just can't. It. Uh, and so when it comes to the relationship between sin and our physical health, you know, when you put that into, into perspective, we would then say it is impossible to sin without it affecting our physical health mm. in some way. The question is, is this sin there as a result of a supernatural punishment by God? In other words, God looks at you and God says, you're a terrible sinner, so I'm going to smash you with this horrible sin. Mm. Now, in some cases, say, for instance, my friend who has a disability, he would say, no, God hasn't looked at me and seen me as a terrible sinner and decided to smash me with a terrible sin. God has looked at me, seen me as a terrible sinner and gone, this is the only way I can save this person yeah, wow. and I love this person and that's why they're going to have a disability. Mm. And I think you'll find that Paul says essentially exactly the same thing. Because Paul says, I had a disease, a thorn in the flesh, and I prayed three times that God would take it away, and eventually God said, no. Mm. No, you're going to live with this one. You know, Paul who's healed, how many people did Paul heal? We have no idea how many people Paul healed. You know, God healed through Paul, uh, but through Paul's ministry. We have no idea how many. Mm. And so you would naturally think that, well, okay, if you have been involved in healing lots of people, then you need to simply pray about the disease that you have and it will go away. Yeah, wow. So he does, and it doesn't. And so he does again, and it doesn't. And so he does a third time, and God says, no, I'm not going to answer your prayer with a yes. Mm. You're going to keep this one. You're going to live with it for the rest of your life. I think it really shows me like that... that um faith doesn't equal, you know, or being a follower of God doesn't equal solving all your problems, even your personal problems, which there are quite a few Christians who would disagree with that point. I don't know why. You don't read that in the Bible. Yeah, prosperity Christians. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> prosperity gospel Christians. You don't read that in the Bible, you know, and it's like Paul is a perfect example, but they would make the point that, like, as long as you have faith and you name it and you claim it, like, if you have enough faith, it will work out for you. But that is not what the Bible says. So teaches. did Paul not have enough faith then? Exactly. That's like the ultimate counter-argument. Like, and do, other, do the people who are being healed at the moment have more faith than Paul? Again, like, and it's like, well, you got this paralytic here. He goes on to be healed. That's right. Uh, you know, and he's in this position as terrible sinners. But that, the point is, it's like, oh, does he have more faith that he would be healed? No, like, no. Some are afflicted, some aren't afflicted, you know. Rains on the just and the unjust. Like, yes. That's the reality that we live in. Bad things happen. Absolutely. And um, But it's like that doesn't stop our ability to come back to God and to be saved. It's a little bit like faithful. this. If you caught COVID tomorrow, would, it, would, would, you, would you have caught COVID because of some particular uh, sin that you did? Well, if I was 
breaching lockdown laws. Yes, yes, and the Bible says we should obey the laws of the government, so that would be a sin. But let, if, let's say that you're doing all of the right things yeah, by the laws right. of the land and you just randomly turned up with COVID because somebody, you know, uh, jogged past your house and breathed your direction, mm. um, then is that a result? You know, has God gone and looked at Lawson and gone, Lawson is a sinner, so I'm going to give him COVID? Is that what's going on there? But this is the th- there's every potential that that's true, but at the same time, there's also every potential that it's not. That's right. And if it is true, it's going to be plain to you that it is true, and it's going to be plain to you why that is the case. And I think that ultimately brings us back to it's like, oh, how can we discern then having a relationship with Jesus? Exactly. Exactly, because there is, you know, the most likely scenario is that you caught COVID because somebody breathed on you that had COVID, not because you committed some great sin and God's like, mm. I'm going to pull Lawson up here with uh, with COVID and bring him back to repentance because this is the only way I can save him. That does happen on occasions, but they are very, very rare occasions that we find mm. those kind of circumstances in the Bible. Uh, most of the time in the Bible, people have diseases because of the fact that we live in a world of sin where disease exists yes, and because right. we are people mm. and people get diseases. Mm. It's, it, yeah, so true. You know, it's like everything, everything like works out for God's good in the end, but is yes. everything, you know, caused by God? That's right. Like, and there are, you know, predeterminists who would say yes, uh, like, but... You know, that's not what the Bible teaches. So here's an interesting question because we, we ask the question, you know, because God's, we talk about healing and, and people say, oh, if you've got enough faith, you're going to be healed. Okay, can God heal from a traumatic injury? Um, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We have examples of that in the Bible. Can God heal somebody who has died? Yes. Yes, he can raise the dead. Uh-huh. Okay, so if you've got faith and you've, it's, and, and you've got a great example of somebody where God heals somebody who has a traumatic injury, uh, the Apostle John mm. is thrown into a boiling pot of oil mm. as a means of executing. That's a traumatic injury. God heals him. God sustains him, and it has no effect on him. Mm. But he still, he still dies a martyr's death. Yeah, right. Because somebody just texted through, you know, the ten, ten of the apostles were martyred. Did they? Oh, sorry, no, John died a natural death. What am I saying? Yeah. He was the one who died. He was one of the only ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, So he was healed of a traumatic injury, but none of the other ones were. Mm. You know, Peter gets crucified upside down. Could God have sustained him on the cross so that he just had no pain and didn't die? Yes. God could have done. I think I like... Does that mean he he lacked in faith somehow? The ultimate example of this, like ultimate A1, number one, is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah. And they stand before that furnace and they yes. say, whether we die or not, like, That's right. their law, like God is righteous. Yes, they're not standing there and saying, oh, we've got enough faith to survive this. Yeah. No, not at all. They're not standing there <laughs> proclaiming the prosperity gospel. No. Not even close. Mm. They are standing there and say, regardless of whether we survive this or not, we will not worship you. Worship mm. your image. Mm. We'll only worship God. That's yeah. right. Wow. Yeah, these are really important points that we need to stop and think about. Um, maybe we'll come back and talk about the experience of Isaiah and Hezekiah tomorrow. Mm. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Welcome back to Faith FM, and it is now time for... Question of the Day. All right, Lyle, question of the day is, who was on earth first, Satan or Adam and Eve? Like, 
question came in from Karen. That's an interesting question right there. Let's have a look at what the Bible says, and let's see if we can figure this one out. The long of the story is that there is some information that we can gather, mm-hmm. and there is some that we can't. Okay. First of all, the Bible says that Satan only had access to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We know that because Adam and Eve were given the right to eat of any fruit anywhere that you know God had planted except for this one tree. And so God couldn't really make the decision, uh, the choice to follow him any easier than what he did. Our world is a rather large place, particularly when there are only two people on it, and in the entire world there was only one tree that Satan had access to. Now, as far as the trees go, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 9, God said, Let the waters uh, under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters. Uh, God called, waters called the seas and God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit of his kind whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth all those things, and the evening and the morning in verse 13 were the third day. And so we know that it was the third day when fruit-bearing, well, when trees, vegetation, was created. But specifically here, the Bible specifically mentions fruit-bearing trees. The question is, uh, was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil created on this particular day? The logical answer would be yes. Of course, we don't know that answer, but we would assume that it was created on that day. The question that goes along with that is that did Satan have access to that tree on that particular day? Now, I would surmise no. And the reason that I would surmise no, the Bible doesn't say this, okay? So I'm going to surmise no. The Bible doesn't say this. And the reason I would say no is because Satan's purpose in coming to this earth was to tempt and to tempt uh, and, dis- and destroy humanity, he wasn't here to go after the animals or the trees or you know all of that kind of stuff. He was here to tempt people who could make a moral decision for or against God. A tree can't make a moral decision for or against God. You know, Satan wants to destroy everything that God created, but uh, he can't do that unless he gets beings that will create that will make a moral decision. And so, really, there was no purpose for Satan to be here at this particular time. So, why would Satan be allowed access to this earth? This is my question when there is no purpose to that and God hasn't finished creating it. Then, of course, we go down to uh, verse 26. The Bible said, God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, over every living thing that lives on the earth. So God created man in his own image. Male and female created he them. And so here we have the creation of humanity. The Bible says then in verse 31, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So here's what we know. Adam and Eve were created on the sixth day. Mm. But here's something else that we know, and this will be interesting. Adam was created before Eve. And so you find uh, the second creation story, which is just a rehash of the first one in chapter 2. And in that second one, in verse 15, the the Bible says, you know, God created Adam. And in verse 15 it says, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat of it, for in the day that you eat thereof you shall surely die. So here's the process we have. Adam is created, a garden is planted, Adam is 
placed in the garden. And when Adam is placed in the garden, Satan is there. But when Adam is placed in the garden, Eve does not yet exist. Because you don't find the creation of Eve until a little bit further down. You know, because Adam names all of the animals. And then in verse 21, the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and from the rib uh, they'd taken from man, he made a woman and brought her under the man. And Adam said, you know, this is Eve and so forth. And so this is what we know. Satan was there by the time that Adam was there, we assume on the sixth day, and Eve came a little bit later. That's probably the closest we can get to answering that question. This is- Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.